Hi, everyone. This is Stephanie with Women Who Secure. I have Rebecca Richard as well on the line. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? Doing so well. How are you? Good. Thank you for being here. I am so excited to learn more about you. Rebecca is a current freelancer developing and designing and previous cybersecurity professional. Yes, I do so many different things, but everything's come together to bring me here. So I'm excited to dive in and talk about it. So excited. And I remember before I started with Rebecca, she was like, but I'm not really in security anymore. But if you guys don't follow Rebecca, I mean, I've been following you since you were a student. <laughs> so Crazy. a long time, you're graduated and working now. Um, but yeah, I've, I've always supported you and I love what you do. Your content is amazing. And you've also worked with other collaboratives as well on social media. And I find that super cool. Um, so I guess we'll just dive in. Um, so I guess first, just whatever you want to talk about, how you got started, or maybe we should ask what you're really doing now. Yeah, I feel like it's always so interesting to explain what I do. It's funny, I always think about like explaining it to my parents because they have absolutely no idea what I do. But yeah, yeah. I, that's a good way of putting like, it. Yeah, <laughs> I um, like to refer to myself as a digital creator just because I have my hands in a lot of different areas. Um, I did go to school for cybersecurity and got my entire undergraduate in that while I was getting my degree. I worked at Apple for a while. I ended up learning photography, freelancing in that space. So once I graduated, which we can dive into that a little bit more later of that entire post-grad experience, but um, it kind of brought me to where I am today, like using all these different skills. Um, I work with a ton of small businesses. I build their online presence, primarily on Shopify or Squarespace. Um, you can get developer accounts with both of those platforms and then go further in and make more customizations for whoever your client may be. Um, I also do photography for one of those businesses. I find myself doing graphic design. Um, again, my hands are in tons of different areas, but overall web developer, digital creator, that's kind of what I do now. Super talented. You are a woman of all trades and I love that. So let's backtrack to how you got started studying cybersecurity kind of what was that route of your process of thinking what you really wanted to choose? Because most of our listeners are are at that stage of career transitioning, finding out what they want to do, what they want to study. And then also most of them are already in the career. But for those that are interested in learning how we really got into the field, I love to think like, what were you thinking at the time? So I can't say that I looked up cybersecurity and absolutely fell in love with it or anything along those lines. I was coding in high school, so I knew I wanted to be in tech, and I live in San Antonio, so UTSA, or University of Texas at San Antonio, happened to have one of the best programs for cybersecurity, and I was like, perfect, it's 10 minutes down the road, I can just go to this university, and um, also price was a really big thing for me, school is very expensive, I didn't have anybody paying for it, so um, I ended up going to whatever university was local to me, and it happened to be one of the best schools in cybersecurity, so I want to say I kind of fell into it by accident, and then the more I started to learn about it, the more I started to fall in love with cybersecurity as well, but um, it definitely wasn't my, I can't say like I've been dreaming about being <laughs> in cybersecurity my entire life. I knew I wanted to be in tech, 
but um, looking back, I probably would have studied maybe like web development, but I'm really happy that this was the path that I ended up taking. It definitely was for a reason. Is is there something that really stood out to you during school? Something that really gravitated you towards cyber? For like shallow reason, I definitely knew that the pay was good <laughs> when yeah. I was picking my, my little area of tech, but um, so the first two years of college are pretty basic. So I can't say like anything was pulling me towards it then. But while I was in college, I ended up meeting this amazing group of women called Cyber Collective. And that was during the pandemic time. So that was when I was starting to get towards the end of my degree, very much so in my career field, very cybersecurity specific and programming specific classes. So once I met that group of women, I got to see cybersecurity from a different perspective. Um, and I feel like there's so many different aspects of cybersecurity, but what they focused on was how our data is being used to basically harm marginalized communities and how we can basically use this information um, to help others survive as we like move our entire lives onto the internet. I like to think of like security information as like survival information, like we all need this to participate in this world. So I think it might have been when I met that group of women and got to see cybersecurity from more of like an active activist perspective mm. and like educating my community's perspective that I decided that like this is definitely something I want to put my energy into and continue with. So you were doing that during college. What did you do post-college? So post-college I got my nice big girl job offer at a very large company. And I was a security analyst, um, trying to think exactly which area it was. I remember I was handling what type of data was allowed to leave the company, what was allowed to come in. And then I also did cybersecurity or I did security awareness for that company as well. Funny enough, because that's basically what I was doing online is just teaching about security. But um, I learned very, very quickly, that corporate environment was not for me. I lasted six months and I made the scariest decision to quit my job. That was definitely a major like milestone in my career so far as deciding to quit my job and pursue freelance. And that's what really attracted me to really pull you into this podcast. Uh, I don't know how you did it, but I hats <laughs> off to you. Like that's insanely empowering to yourself and your life and and six months is still a long time um I I think that after college most people don't understand the education environment is totally different from corporate and depending on really where you end up for your first job and what I've heard with other women on the podcast is it will either make it or break it. Like you'll either find out that you really love working in security or you're just going to absolutely hate it and stick it up for the rest of your life. But you walked away from it and I love I that. Did. <laughs> is, is there something that you'd feel open to talk about? Like the discussion of what made you realize this just isn't for me? How did you know it was time to go? Yeah, I honestly, it's so conflicting because I love security. I loved all of my coursework and I really enjoyed what I was learning. But once, you know, you see it in the real world, it's like, oh, okay, so this is like the daily grind. But um, I think the lack of diversity was huge for me. Um, as much as I like hate to admit it, I feel like my company might have been like a little bit better, but it was still very much not filled with people that looked like me. So just not having anybody to talk to, not really having like work friends was a little bit hard. And then um, a big reason why I think I knew that I, 
at least that company wasn't the right fit for me. My manager would be on calls from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., back-to-back calls. And I was like, wow, if that's success, then I don't want it. Um, that's not my goal. I'm, I do not aspire to be on Zoom calls <laughs> for eight hours, day. eight hours yeah. plus a day. No, yeah. thank you. So. And they probably had a family and like they're older. Like, <laughs> Yeah, oh, I was like, how, is it worth it? Is it still worth the money? But I guess if you have the commitments, I understand like why you need to stay in a role. But um, I think just because I was still, again, it was only six months into my first job. I figured that if I'm going to make a change or take a risk, like the time is now. So yeah. That's really interesting because that's similar with me. My first job out of college as well was cybersecurity analyst. It was a medium-sized software company, all middle-aged white men that like we didn't relate. I was like, I didn't start drinking till I got that job. So it was like a whole different environment. And I was like, I just don't fit in here. <laughs> Which is like, I, I think it's important when when I do give the advice to younger women or even people in security in general is to really focus on what company you want to be with but exactly like what you want to do like you don't you don't have to be in security just because you have a security degree or just because yeah. you're a degree in a specific area like you're you're doing freelancing and like the UX UI stuff and oh that's so interesting because I I was a computer graphics student like major for so long yeah I was like doing that for so long and I I love the creativity side of that so I'm yeah. so happy for you. Yeah, I think it took a lot for me to like, I, again, I think throughout college, you're taught that like this is the goal is to get this big corporate job and then all of your problems are going to be gone because you'll have like your job and you'll just do that yeah. forever. You'll so. get all the money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it was, it was compensated very, very well for what I was doing. But um, I think that's why it hit me so hard when it was bad and it wasn't what I like had hoped it would be and it wasn't that dream job and then definitely I think just being on Instagram it's really hard to see other people loving their first job and I'm like wow like is there something wrong with like me like why am I not like vibing with this environment but I realize now um it's so important what company you pick. And I think because I was so scared to find a job, I just took the first opportunity, which was a good opportunity, but I just, I should have looked around more. And I think that would have also completely changed my experience in cybersecurity. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. Lessons learned. And I think that, you know, how do you feel now? Are you, I, I imagine you're a lot happier kind of working on your own, right? Yeah, I love freelancing. <laughs> I love not having a set schedule every day. It's really up to me um, how the day is going to play out. And I actually still get to um, the company Cyber Collective that I talked about earlier, the group of people, they actually received funding last year. So I do get oh, paid nice. for that type of security activism work yeah. too. So it's really exciting to still see how um, I'm able to bring cybersecurity into my freelancing work. And even when I work with clients, I try to like teach them security practices, especially because they're small businesses and they're like a major target um, because it's just everyday people trying to make their dreams come true. They're not thinking about security. So I'm definitely happy to see how I still get to use that and why that was such a necessary part in my journey. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I, I think something that I'm wondering and for our listeners too is, what would be your advice for somebody that is in something, maybe they're, you know, transitioning from another career, kind of like you, um, of kind of, you know, how you pivoted on your own, what would be your advice to someone that is possibly thinking about leaving the corporate world and like doing your own thing? I And it's scary because mm-hmm. most, you know, all your finances are on you, all your marketing is on you, like you're under the whole 
planning and developing and and implementing yeah I would say um, definitely there's no rush. Definitely do it slowly because once you are freelancing, it really is up to you. Like how much money I make every month is dependent on how much I work. Obviously there's no, I get unlimited time off, but it's not paid time off. So it is definitely some trade-offs. Um, but I would say to tap into your community, I would say that's the best first step. Most of my clients all came from my community in San Antonio, my community that I was building mm. on Instagram. Um, and I feel like we all know somebody that owns a business. So yeah. regardless of what service you're offering, offer to give them a service for free or heavily discounted and just build up your portfolio. And then honestly, just like network your butt off. I am every single day <laughs> sending some messages or just like promoting myself. And I've honestly gotten tons of clients through Instagram, which is really crazy to think about just from making reels and somebody coming across from it. Um, but I would say definitely tap into your community. There's no rush and just build up your skills while you can, especially while you have the safety net of a job. Um, learn as much as you can so that you can hit the ground running. That That's very true. I think people underestimate social media, like just from you making mm -hmm. a reel, somebody could reach out from a company or a business that they have and really want that done. Um, how does somebody consult with you? Walk me through the process of how how would they approach you and how do they start to work with you? So I feel like luckily I've built up my business to a point now where everything has been pretty much referrals. So um, normally somebody will refer me to them, they'll reach out. Um, and most of the time, if I'm just building a regular website to them, for them, yeah, a regular discovery call, I think about all the different technologies that they need. And then it's just a series of work sessions of like knocking out all of these different deliverables that we have. But it's such an interesting mix and everybody has different needs again I have so many different types of clients one of them is a dispensary one was a therapist one of them was an ankle surgeon and they all have different needs so I think a lot of it is just having a conversation relationship building understanding like what how can I use this technology to make your life easier because I think that's ultimately what they're coming to like ask for help for is like how can I make my life easier, especially as small business owners where they're doing everything? Um, I think it's always just my goal to like figure out, again, how can I make your life easier? What technologies can we use best for you? And then also just how do we keep security and privacy at the center of that? Because we want to be respectful of your customer's data. Do you have any laws that you need to adhere to? There's a lot of different things um, that I can like bring in and advise them on while we're talking. Yeah, I love that you're not just doing the website or creating a platform, but you're always tying in your knowledge within security. And I think that even though it didn't work out for you with that, that first position, it's helped you tremendously wherever walks of life you're going to be in, especially career-wise. And, and what are we calling your freelance? Do you have a name for it? I do. So I called it RR Digital Media. Oh, okay. Um, not like the fanciest <laughs> yeah. name in the world. I think because I was just in such a rush to get out, I was like, I don't care what my name is. I just need something to put on my, this legal paperwork so I can yeah. start working. <laughs> but um, I am finally getting branding done. I just hired a brand designer, so it should look a lot more cohesive very soon. But oh, yeah, yay. I have like a technically business name going through all the process. There's so many things to think about when you're running your own business, but yes. um, baby steps. Yeah, baby steps. <laughs> all right. So RR Digital Media, before that really got started and created, Rebecca, where where were you at before Apple, I guess, you know, before Apple was during college, correct? Yeah, I was during college. Okay. Yeah. So 
maybe talk me through college and like what your first jobs were, any internships, uh, and then like really what made you jump into creating your own business and work for yourself? Yeah. So um, Apple was definitely a big part of my college experience. It was because of my job at Apple that I actually ended up getting my internship. One of my customers at Apple happened to be a manager at this massive company in town. So I interned twice for the same company, once as a project manager, once as a security analyst. And then um, after I finished my second internship, instead of going back to Apple, I had the opportunity to work for an influencer's fitness brand. And I actually worked there as a videographer. That was what I was hired on for. So I created like video campaigns. Um, I also obviously did photography alongside with that, um, shot all of their new apparel. And then because it's also a small business and I think when you're working for a small business, your hands are gonna be in multiple different things. I started to volunteer for website things or more graphic elements. Um, and that's kind of how I got started into freelancing. And that was the first time I was paid for creative work. So after I had that job, I felt comfortable enough to start reaching out to basically my community, my friends and family who own businesses and asking them if I could create for them. And I have some embarrassing first projects that I feel bad that I made people pay money for, but um, <laughs> all part of the journey. Yeah, it's all part of the journey. That's what a story. Like first you were at Apple, you made those connections and you've also spoke about networking. I think that you wouldn't even have that opportunity if you didn't kind of vocalize what you wanted to do. Yeah. And you just, you could do everything. You can do videography, you can do security, and you can do the whole digital creation. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I got to speak to high school students recently and teach them about what I do, which was really exciting because I think if I would have known that this job exists when I was younger, I definitely would have pursued it sooner. Um, again, I think we're only taught one type of way to success and that's via a corporate job but um there's so many opportunities to freelance and i feel like i'm starting to see more and more people freelance or have like some type of side hustle so yes definitely would yeah. love, love being representation for that because there is so much opportunity what what advice would you have if somebody wanted to do um freelancing and digital or even web what what things or resources would you kind of point them to yeah, so when I first decided that I was going to quit my job, I also made the conscious decision, okay, like, let's get some education. Um, what is the bare minimum I need to know to start selling websites? I actually ended up taking a course by a website designer named Square Stylist, so I would highly mm. recommend her. Um, she does Squarespace specifically, but... Um, even Udemy has a web developer course that's extremely helpful. I still revisit that course pretty regularly to freshen up on different skills. Um, that's a really great platform just because they are more inexpensive, I want to say. I don't, mm -hmm. I'm not sure what their what their courses cost, but definitely like a affordable option to gain new skills. And I know that there's free opportunities as well, but main thing would be education. Second thing would probably be to get a good invoicing system. Um, I did accept payment through PayPal, but I think it looks much more professional if you can send an invoice, have somebody trust you um, with their information. So that would be something to invest in. And third thing, 
as cheesy as it is and as like everybody's heard this but the networking piece is huge um just talk to people in your community and, and I know it might be different I was in San Antonio when this happened so San Antonio is still a pretty big city mm-hmm. um but I would just straight up go to small businesses, walk in. Um, it's not hard to find a bad website. So I have messaged people through their website and I was like, hey, like if you're ready to redo this, like yeah, I am more than happy to do it or talk about it. Um, and I think those would be the main things, the education, good invoicing platform, speaking to the people around you. And um, last thing, if you do, decide to do freelance just remember that taxes is very very different that's been a fun thing to navigate and learn um 30 of everything you make is going to taxes so just remember to set that aside adjust your prices accordingly um because that's definitely something new to learn uh another piece of that kind of related i and was so used to getting a paycheck every two weeks that that was something that was weird to unlearn. Um, There's just a different way of managing your money. So definitely be on top of your finances because you don't get paid every two weeks. Um, You might get paid on a project base or you might have a retainer that's once a month. Um, It's just a very different way of navigating finances as well. I'm learning so much that it's low-key stressing me out. I'm like, how is she doing that? (laughs) It's definitely so much... (laughs) It's yeah, it's so much, but I love what you said. There's always a bad website out there. Whether you go out to eat and you look at like the menu for a restaurant or you're like trying to figure out where to shop and it's like, they don't care anymore about their website. And it, and it just, it just kind of speaks about itself, especially like security, right? When security is outdated, mm-hmm. it's, there's so many different vulnerabilities, but with the website, you can gain so many more customers and experience and the amount of visitors to a site just based on how how attractive it is. Yeah, and I think that's why I also, I started doing the course with Google on UX mm. and UI um, because I think the more that I see websites, I'm like, okay, what is the psychology behind this? How can I make a good website that, you know, just resonates with everybody and the way that we naturally navigate spaces but um there's so many bad websites basically is <laughs> I'm agreeing with yeah. that it's so <laughs> easy to find I have my friends all the time will text me places like I just sent them your information and I'm like oh, thank you for I thinking love of that. me <laughs> yes. every time they encounter a bad website I'm like oh great like but um also just tell everybody in your life what you do. I think that's the second right. thing. So many people just recommend me, um, which is why it's so important to have a portfolio. So that's probably the priority is just do projects for free or do them for super cheap just to build up a portfolio and then start charging and assessing like how much you need to make. What are your top programming languages? What what languages would you recommend? And also I want to know what your favorite is. Yeah, so my favorite probably just JavaScript. I think I'm still in the beginning-ish, like intermediate phases of exploring JavaScript. So I feel like there's so much you can do. Um, A lot of the people that freelance the same way I do, all you need is HTML and CSS to make the customizations that a lot of people are looking for. Again, especially small business owners who don't have thousands of dollars to spend on custom development. Um, You can freelance with just HTML and CSS, just so everyone knows. I think that's super cool because those languages are pretty accessible and I think they're pretty easy to learn. Um, JavaScript definitely gets a little bit more complicated, but 
once you understand the basics of HTML, CSS, it's so fun to throw JavaScript into the mix and start animating things and just getting more complex. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say JavaScript is my favorite language. I think that one day I would like to become a full stack developer. I have not fully <laughs> determined that yet because I don't know how I feel about backend development quite yet <laughs> if I want to stay on the design side, but um, yeah. I am not a developer, but I have had experience like with HTML, CSS, and I love JavaScript just as like how functionable it is and how mm. much more you can create with it. I think I think coding from a security perspective, a lot of security professionals are like, oh no, we're not touching code. <laughs> like we're not touching it. We'll just help secure it. Do you think that that would be beneficial for somebody in security and maybe vice versa? I think so, especially, I mean, I feel like maybe security engineers are actively coding, so maybe they already understand it, but I think it's definitely helpful to understand some programming concepts, just so you understand how the technologies you're using every day are working. Um, and I think front end, not even just front end, but web development security is its entire own field. So if you do get to work in that environment, I think it's super helpful to understand again, what are, what are the front end developers messing with? What, what are the type of things that they're creating that could create potential threats? Like, is there a threat in this form or where are we taking information? And um, all of those spaces that need to be secured, it's nice to build them or just at least understand the basics so that you can, I think even understand the security solution better. Like why is this the solution that we need? I highly agree with that. I think that having exposure and knowledge to at least the basics of of each different like domain and technologies are very beneficial in, in every way we work. For our listeners and the future of RR Digital Media, tell us what's going on, where's it going, and, and where you really see yourself with it. So exciting things have been happening this year. I definitely got one of the largest projects of my freelance career so far um, this past month. And I'm starting to look for larger projects to focus on. I definitely learned over this last year and a half of freelancing that um, I love having different projects, but I also love spending a lot of time on any given project. So I think moving forward, I'm hoping to have larger long-term projects to put my energy into. Um, a big goal of mine that I have already wrote down and I want to take steps towards it as soon as possible. I hope to have an agency one day. Um, I'd love to bring on additional developers, designers, illustrators, like animators, um, and just have a full force team of people that we can go and basically just transform businesses. Um, that is a massive goal of mine. I have so many friends that freelance and I know that together we would be unstoppable. So that's that's definitely where I'm headed next, just getting larger projects and then bringing a team together so we can make greater impact on these businesses and do it faster as well. Yes, I can see it happening and I can't wait to see you there. I'll be looking out for the posts on Instagram that your agency <laughs> just started. You have an office building and I'm gonna come visit. <laughs> Yes, please do. I'm excited. I feel like it's a very attain obtainable goal. Again, I'm starting to see more and more people freelance. So it's just a matter of time. When you envision that, do you see yourself guiding people and kind of managing people? I definitely do. I think even in the companies that I currently work with, where I'm just on retainer for 
I just have a retainer because it's really hard to define what my role is. I often find myself like organizing people, getting everybody on the same plan, doing a lot of strategy. Um, and it's definitely coming naturally, which I honestly thought I wouldn't want to do. I always thought I'd want to be a technical person that only does coding, but uh, I really enjoy helping other people do their best work as well and just providing the information they need to do their best work. In one sentence, if you could explain RR Digital Media of what it is, what your purpose is, what the goal is, or I guess necessarily your mission statement, what would that be? In one sentence, I would say my goal is to help small businesses grow while being security conscious and hmm, not the cutest sentence. Not the <laughs> I didn't mean to hit you with that, but I was like, I, I'm just curious. And I, you know, I think it's something for you to also think about, but I, I yeah. like the start of it. I love working with people who may be from a marginalized or underserved community. I love seeing those people win and like be representation for other people and just break a lot of the ideas that we have around what we're capable of. So I think that's definitely a second part of what I do. I just want to help people present themselves in the best way possible. And then I bring in security because that's just my background. That's who I am. And it's so, so important, especially as we continue to move our entire life into the internet. But Rebecca, how can people get in touch with you? Do you have an active portfolio where any potential clients can like look you up? Absolutely. So my portfolio is definitely available. It's rrdigitalmedia.co. Um, I have a contact form if anybody does want to work together. And then same thing, rrdigitalmedia.co on Instagram, actually. And um, I know you know me from Instagram, but I also share my entire tech journey on Instagram. So from a personal side, it's at Rebecca J. Richard, in case you're interested in following my journey and you want to see me open my agency one day. <laughs> so exciting. Any last words of encouragement, any last words of advice you have for the universe to put out there? Absolutely. I think I would just want people to know that you are 1000% capable of freelancing. Even if you just want it as a side business, you have a unique perspective and there's somebody out there that needs your perspective, needs your work, needs your skills. Um, and there's just so many ways for you to use them. It doesn't have to be through a company that you can use it for yourself or you can use it for people in your community. Um, definitely do not limit yourself. The opportunities are truly endless. <laughs> You're going to be such an amazing boss one day to, to whoever you hire in your agency. Rebecca, thank I you. I hope so. For, you will. You will. Thank you for being on this podcast. I, I had such a good time getting to know about your journey. And I'm glad that our listeners get the chance to audio meet you, virtually meet you. Virtually, <laughs> online. Yeah. Online. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad. Thank you for having me too. It means the world. And yeah, I'm glad that I could be here and share my unconventional story. Of course. <laughs> to hear. Yes. Thank you so much for being on Women Who Secure. And everyone, thank you for tuning in.